0: Welcome to Not a Christian Podcast. It's not a Christian podcast. It's a podcast that just happens to be Christian. In this podcast, we tell stories, we talk about life, faith, and pretty much anything else you can imagine. Now let's jump into it. Welcome back to the show. It is episode 45 of Not a Christian Podcast right here on Friday, August the 27th. 45 episodes. We are getting super close to episode 50. We're getting super close to our one year anniversary. It's just some really exciting stuff coming out in the future of Not a Christian Podcast. There's going to be more than that. Uh, not not going to tell you everything we're going into in the future right now uh, but I've got some stuff in the works that I'm pretty excited about about the future of the show as we're about to head into year number 2 of Not a Christian podcast thanks to everybody who has been a part of the ride so far I don't know about you but I'm I'm doing pretty good you know part of me is is sad to see you know summer is we're leaving it behind technically summer ends on september 21st but really summer ends when like school starts back and, and i'm not a student we'll get we got into that last week we'll get more of that later but i don't really consider especially when you know september 1st when labor day rolls around i consider summer to be over uh, so so i'm a little little sad about summer being over but also candy corn has made its comeback candy corn is back on the shelves of the store and you can technically get little bags of candy corn year-round in like the, the candy section with little dollar bags. But I don't know, something about eating candy corn in like the month of June just doesn't feel right. Uh, but once September, October roll around, even November, a little, little residual candy corn action. Uh, so so there's a very limited scope, very limited time uh, to eat eat candy corn, kind of like turkey and dressing. You know, it's delicious, and I'm sure I would enjoy it year-round. But there's that window, like mid-November really through Christmas that's that's the only time I want it I don't I don't want turkey and dressing in April I don't want it in August wouldn't need it right now <laughs> actually I probably would but you know that, that the candy candy corn season is coming up so so I'm super pumped about that you guys you guys know all about that <laughs> uh, some other weird news this week uh, Tony Hawk he's he came out with a skateboard where he actually took two vials of blood and out of his body mixed it with some paint and made a hundred skateboards and and painted it with his blood paint and he sold them for five hundred dollars a piece and apparently when they went on sale online they sold out in a matter of minutes and that's that's mind-blowing to me that that this guy well actually it's not because tony hawk is like super famous you know he's he's the the michael jordan of skateboarding he's definitely the most famous skateboarder probably that there's ever been undoubtedly the most famous that there's ever been but he sold a hundred of these for five hundred dollars each he caught he could have probably charged five thousand dollars each and and found some people to buy them which is which is insane to me but selling a hundred of these skateboards for five hundred dollars each tony hawk made fifty thousand dollars in a matter of minutes which is once again just absolutely mind-blowing to me that you know, that's that's a pretty good salary. You know, $50,000. That's nothing to, to scoff at, making that amount of money in a year. And Tony Hawk did it by mixing his <laughs> mixing his blood and some paint and slapping it on a skateboard and, and selling it. And you may remember a few months ago, it was probably six months ago, five months ago, something like that, uh, the rapper Lil Nas X sold the Satan Shoes, which... Uh, con- contained a, a drop, a drop of human blood in them, and of course, now that Tony Hawk is out here selling his blood, bloody skateboard, <laughs> uh, nobody's really upset about it. But everybody was super upset about little Nas X's blood shoe, his Satan shoe. Uh, so little Nas X decided to tweet about it. He said something to the degree of, you know, everybody was freaking out when he sold the the, the blood in his shoe. And nobody's freaking out since Tony Hawk decided to do it. So maybe they're mad about something else. And, I mean, it was I it was Satan-themed, Lil Nas X. That's why the people were upset. And the blood was just like the icing on the cake. <laughs> you know, the, Tony, I mean, but but I gotta give Lil Nas X credit. You know, at least he had, like, some, some meaning behind the blood. Like, oh, it's Satan's shoe. So, of course, there's gonna be some blood in it. Tony Hawk... I don't really know what he's doing. It's not Satan themed, but he just said, yeah, let will put some blood in the paint, throw it on a skateboard. Uh, so that's, that's a really, really interesting story, really interesting trend uh, that's, that started to happen. First, it was a little Nas X. Now it's Tony Hawk. Uh, so now right here on Not A Christian Podcast, uh, guess what? We got a new sticker coming out and the, the, the ink that, that was used to print these stickers, has my blood or it is my blood so the those stickers are now on sale uh you can go to the link in my bio and and just select blood sticker and they're twenty thousand dollars each so if you buy one it'll really make my day (laughs) uh we'll we'll see we'll see if i can make is if i sell three that means i will have made more money off this than than tony hawk made off of his skateboards Y'all wanna know something that is way more difficult than you would think like a lot harder than you would think it was. Taking a tire off of a rim. And yes, I know that they make machines to do it, and it wasn't a car tire. Okay, so at the BSM, you know, where I work, we have a riding lawnmower. And we've gotten a lot of rain this summer in Alpine, Texas. More rain in the desert than than you would expect. Some torrential downpours have been going on. There's like two weeks straight where it rained at least a little bit every day so our lawnmower tire it was flat and it was like all cracked so we need to get a new one so we ordered the new tire so instead of like having someone do it i was like you know what we can do it so the first thing you got to do is you got to get the tire off the rim in order to put the new tire on the rim and then you put the tire on the lawnmower well easier said than done this stupid tire It, I don't even know how, the last time I was this frustrated, you know, because they make, they make tools for it. There's a machine for it that you can take it into a tire shop and they can do it in like five seconds. Uh, But we didn't do that. We decided we were going to try it ourselves. So at first we, we try to just like, you know, jam a screwdriver in there and, and pry the tire off. And that didn't work. We were able to get one side like out. So we only had to do one more side. Uh, but, but it was just, it was ridiculous. It was impossible for us to do. Uh, and when I say us, uh, I have an intern at the BSM now, campus missionary intern. So, so we, we were the ones out there trying to, to get this tire off the rim. And after a while we, we decided, okay, we can't just pry this off like the normal way. So we're going to have to get creative. So we think we'll just saw it. So we, st- we get a saw and we start, I start sawing this tire in half And what I forgot was that like the part that goes around the rim is like reinforced with these metal stupid wires. So the saw went all the way through the tire, but it couldn't get through those. So it's not like it even mattered. So we, we sit there and we mess and and I don't even know what was inside this tire, but it was like this brown goop, this oily, nasty brown stuff that looked like baby poop. And it was super slick and oily and it just did not did not work very it it did not make it easy for us everything was all slippery and so so we, we we fooled with this tire for like two and a half hours i'm not even exaggerating and we just we gave up for the day and then friend ty comes along and he's got some some wire cutters and he is able to work through the metal around the rim and we finally get the tire off. We finally put the... I just go to the tire shop. I'm like, I will pay you any amount of... Mu-. No, I didn't say any amount. But I was like, just... We want this on here. I didn't ask how much it costs. you ended up being like $24 or something like that. You know, not bad for something that... You know, I there's no way I could have done that myself. No way. <laughs> so we finally get the new tire on the lawnmower. There's another flat tire, but it's not destroyed. So instead of loading this stupid lawnmower up... I just take that tire off, take it to the gas station, fill it up, and put it back on. Finally, the lawnmower's ready to go. Except it won't start. The battery's dead. So we try jumping it off my truck. Doesn't work. Ty comes along. We try jumping it on his Scout, which is this old vehicle that he has. It works. But then the stupid, the stupid lawnmower is stuck in neutral. And it won't go forwards or backwards. The, the blades work. So, so what we end up doing is we just, we, I rented a push mower and mowed a long time for like four hours the other day, took four hours to mow that whole yard. Uh, so wow, what an adventure, the, the, the misadventure of the week for me, (laughs) but it, it was not an irredeemable time because as I was mowing, I get a call. From longtime friend of the show and someone who's been a friend of mine personally for longer than not a Christian podcast has existed. Someone who has been a guest on the show. I get a call out of nowhere while I'm mowing from from my friend Nate Carlson, who has been frequently mentioned on the show. And, you know, we he's so I see his name on my screen, I'm like, Why well, oh cool, Nate's calling me, I hadn't heard from him in a while. So I answer and I'm breathing hard because I'm out there mowing. It was like right when I was mowing a hill too. And like I was having to like, you know, manhandle the lawnmower and like pull it up the hill, push it down, pull it back up. So I was like super out of breath. So I answer and so yeah, I'm out of shape because I'm mowing the yard and I'm 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 out of breath. Can't even breathe. And then he proceeds to tell me the story. He says, Hey, I finally got my sticker in the mail. From the Not a Christian podcast summer tournament, and that was like a month ago that I sent that out, and I was like, "Okay, that's interesting." And and when he said that, I didn't know there was like any kind of story, but but there's a story behind it. It's a pretty epic story. So Nate, and and Nate, you, I remember most of the story, uh, but. I I may be wrong on some of the timing of this, so just forgive me, but this is how I think it went. So Nate just recently, a couple months ago, six weeks ago, something like that, gets a job at a new church and there's a worship leader at his church, right? I I mean, as a church has a worship leader, duh. Okay. (laughs) And one day the worship leader says to Nate, like, hey, I've got something for you. And it was an envelope, envelope. Envelope, envelope, have I told them? I think I've talked about this on the story. I mostly say envelope now for some reason. Somewhere along the way this happened. He says, I've got an envelope with your name on it. And it was delivered to my house. And it turns out they lived just a couple blocks away, but somehow Nate's sticker got delivered to the wrong house. But it happened to be someone that he knew. So Nate finally got his his reward for beating me in the Not a Christian Podcast summer tournament, fast food edition and the, the crazy thing is i believe at the time i believe nate told me that at the time that that i sent the sticker out nate had not yet met this dude so fate had it that this this sticker would get delivered to the wrong address but it just happened to be someone that nate would later meet and the guy would put it together and be like oh i got a piece of mail for from this guy for this guy so that was that was super weird so uh thanks nate for, for sharing that story with me So I could therefore share it to the listeners Just just another strange occurrence in, in the existence of Not A Christian Podcast So thanks for being here today Got a good one planned for you today First we're going to stick kind of to the back to school theme like, like we talked about last week Because I just had so much fun Looking back on memories So we're going to do a little more today More so in my college life It's just going to tell a few stories You don't want to miss any of it Let's go ahead and jump into the first segment Alright you guys, if you were here last week First of all, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to last week's episode It was so much fun We did a little walk down memory lane We talked about like the back to school special of Not A Christian Podcast And and it was mostly themed around like elementary, high school kind of stuff We collectively, as a, as a Not A Christian Podcast family Decided that we would just wipe junior high away from our memories uh, Just don't hold anything anyone did in junior high against them And we can all be friends But this week... I decided I was I was gonna talk a little bit more about my college experience and, and kind of what that meant to me and and some things I learned, some more funny, some more serious, and just talk about like what was happening in those years that that led to who I was or who I am today. And I guess the reason I should have clarified this last week when when I talk about like the back to school time, you know, let's let's point out the obvious. I'm twenty eight years old and I'm not in school, so what the heck are we talking about this for? But my entire life, well, ever since I was, you know, five years old in kindergarten, I haven't not been, is that the correct way to say it? I, I've been, ever since that time, I've been in a school setting in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, I went to elementary school, junior high, but we forget about that. High school, college. After college, I stick around internship at a college ministry. Then I go straight into grad school. And then after grad school... I'm back doing college ministry again. So there's not even been a time in my adult life when I haven't been around an academic setting or my life hasn't uh, kind of revolved or ebbed and flowed, I guess, on a school schedule. So there's never been a time where I didn't at least have, you know, a couple weeks around Christmas just to hang out uh, with family, which is is a really cool thing for me. I, I love that part of the year. There's never been a time where I didn't have a quote unquote summer Uh, that looks a little different now because my summer now isn't like a, like it was in college where you can literally just do whatever you want. I still have a job and I still, you know, have to go to work every day and, but it's, it is, it's different. You know, doing college ministry in the summer is different than doing college ministry during the school year. So there hasn't, like, it would be really weird if I just went and got a job where, you know, I wasn't working in this kind of setting. So, so that's why I, this time of year is is meaningful to me because it's basically been all I've ever known. So <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about college and particularly this this time, you know, because I'm a, I am a college minister and all the students are coming back now. And I think one of the really fun parts is just kind of seeing all their first impressions on like what's what's going on and talking to like my returning students and being like, yeah, I remember when I was in this stage of life. So today I'm just going to like kind of talk about a lot of different stuff, uh, things I learned, like I said, uh, funny stuff, more serious stuff. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into it. So the thing about college that I remember most as I was going into it, it was it was kind of a time of, of I don't know it was, it was really refreshing and, and really exciting uh, because because college is, is really a time where, especially if you're going somewhere completely new as I did, I went like, you know, it's not that far away. I went like two hours away from my hometown of Comanche, Texas uh, to Angelo State University. And I really, really loved my time there. It was, it was an incredible experience for me, but it's, it's really a time where you can choose to just totally like reinvent yourself. And in one way, in one perspective, it would be silly to like reinvent yourself. Like if I were to go off to college and all of a sudden I'm going to be like, I don't know, a jock. Well, that's just not who I am. Or I'm just going to become a cowboy. Well, that's not who I am either. Uh, but I guess by reinventing is is kind of being the person that you want to be or or trying to be a better version of yourself, I suppose. Uh, so so I kind of got to thinking, what was my mindset going into college? And, and you know, I talked about last week uh, plaid shorts. There's I, next time I go see my family, I'll try to track down the picture of, of me on my first day of college uh, or, or my move in day of college uh, that my mom took in my dorm room with me in my plaid shorts. I, I highly doubt I was smiling in the picture, um, but it's I don't know. It's a pretty iconic picture in my mind. <laughs> so so there was there's the plaid shorts. Uh, there's 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 cargo shorts. I also wore cargo shorts for a period. I think by my junior year of college, I was like, yeah, cargo shorts are out and I'm not really a person that like keeps up with, with high fashion, uh, but I've, I've not gone back to cargo shorts. <laughs> it's, it's too much, but I had some plaid cargo shorts, which were like really over the top when I was extra serious about being cool. <laughs> so, so there, so it was, it was a time to kind of re reinvent like who you wanted to be. And we'll get to that later about like, how did I change and what parts of that were intentional and what parts of that were just part of the process. Uh, but, but something else I remember about my first week of college. So if we're looking at like, right at about 10 years ago, I learned how to do laundry. I remember my mom walking me down to the laundry room in my dorm when they were moving me in. And she showed me how to use the washing machines and the dryers because I'd never done my own laundry before. And, but, but the thing is <laughs> when she taught me, she taught me to like separate everything. You know, you got your darks and your lights and your reds and your hot water stuff like towels. To this day, I just throw it all in there. <laughs> I know it's not, it's not good. And it's probably not what I should do, but I've never like discolored anything, never ruined anything. But I did learn something in college: is that you could there's depending on what the item of clothing is, you have a different period of time you can go without washing. Okay, so socks. You're going to want to go one use for socks, right? Don't wear your socks back to back days. They're going to start stinking. Shirts, here's the thing. With a shirt, you can wear it two days without washing it. I wouldn't recommend two days in a row because then you would just be that weird guy or girl or birthing or non-birthing person who, or genderless, You, you just whatever. Sorry, sorry. Just not trying to get canceled. That's That's it. That's it. Please don't cancel me. You don't want to be that person who you know wears the same clothes two days in a row. So, so you take your shirt off in the evening and you hang it back up. And I don't really do this anymore, but there was a time when you know I this is this is what I did. You take your shirt off, you hang it back up, maybe freeze it a little bit. Boom, you can wear it again. But you don't want to do that more than once. So you're gonna wear it twice. However, jeans, jeans, I never reached a limit. The limit was go as long as you can without getting, like, dirt or something on them. And then you wash them. But I bet I wore some jeans, like, 15, 20 times before I ever washed them. So, so jeans have, like, infinite use without washing. As long as they don't start smelling bad. Uh, something something else I learned is, is, is that there are these things called assigned reading in mandatory floor meetings. And <laughs> this might be... The, I probably... Shouldn't admit this, but college, I don't think I ever once actually just sat down and did an assigned reading out of a textbook. And I don't know, the amount that I learned probably reflects that because I didn't learn that much in undergrad, to be honest. I had a good GPA. I'm not going to like brag about it on the show, but it rhymes with free point great. <laughs> But I never did the assigned reading out of a textbook. Just didn't do that in undergrad. Didn't did, it, did it in grad school. Had to in grad school, or else it would have been a bad time. Probably would have flunked out. Uh, also, mandatory floor meetings. I went to my first one as a freshman. Went to the and and then freshman sophomore year just went to the move out ones because I wanted to know what's like what do I have to do to move out. Uh, that that was important. But never never went into to any others. Uh, another lesson I learned is that I. Uh, it's probably not great to ride your bike on campus when campus is super busy the way the angelo state campus was set up it's and if you go to angelo state i know some of you do shout out to the rams out there forever a part of the ram fam angelo state is set up it's just a very long campus and there's one main sidewalk that's like almost a mile long and everything is on that there's dorms at either end and then class buildings like all along the way so that sidewalk gets pretty crowded right that sidewalk gets pretty packed and i remember probably the busiest part of campus one of the busiest parts of campus outdoors was in front of the chp in front of the gym because it was like centrally located there were classes in there people were always going in and out to go to the gym to work out and whatnot so there were a ton of people there So I usually rode the bike on the sidewalk, but when I get to the CHP, there's just this horde of people. This is probably like a month into my college experience. There's like this horde of people on the sidewalk. So I decide I'm going to go around. So I kind of get off the sidewalk on my bike to go around these people to the right of the horde of people. Well there was a girl on her bike on the other side of this horde of people and she decided to go to her left well my right was her left so when i get to like around this horde of people all i see is this girl 10 feet in front of me and we're both going like pretty pretty good speed on our bikes and i know what's gonna happen before it happens and we we have a head-on collision (laughs) <laughs> with our bicycles like in front of probably a hundred people and the thing we were fine like neither one of us went flying off the bikes uh I remember it did kind of like it didn't mess up my, it didn't bend my handlebars but they were like kind of they got twisted around where I, did, I was just gonna have to like twist them back uh but but we we had this head-on collision and neither one of us flew off our bike so it wasn't like bad neither of us got hurt but it was super embarrassing and I remember like this. When it, when it happened, we both kind of like looked at each other and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, yes, are you? I said, yeah. And then I said, a lot of people just saw that. Let's get out of here as fast as we can. And she was just like, okay, let's do it. So like we just both get back on our bikes and my, my handlebars were crooked, but I still like rode the bike away as fast as I could. And she went in the opposite direction. Never saw the girl again, but, but since that day, I just... Uh, there's just so much respect for that girl so if you're out there you're listening you're a friend of the show uh (laughs) i thank you for for recognizing the situation and for the mutual agreement of like hey instead of just like sitting here and and talking about or thinking about what happened let's just let let's just both get out of here as fast as we possibly can Uh, so that's what we did (laughs) so so if that's something else I learned. If it's a crowded campus, don't, don't ride your bike. And I think that was, that was the day I decided I'm not riding my bike to class anymore. I'll take the few extra minutes just to walk <laughs> because it's not worth that happening again. Having a wreck in front of like a hundred people. <laughs> one of the more embarrassing moments of my life. I've not talked about, I've, oh, I've not told those stories yet. The most embarrassing stories. That's one of them, but maybe we'll talk about the others, uh, another time. Something else, uh my freshman year of college, I remember it's like, you know, when you first do something, you get really ambitious about it. Like there was something about a new school year that was like, you know, you can start fresh. And something that I did when I started college was every single morning, I would wake up like two, two hours before class, never took an 8 a.m. That's also something I'm very proud of. I never had an eight o'clock class, always avoided those through my undergrad and my grad school experience never took an 8 a.m because forget that but so anyways I had like a nine o'clock class my very first semester of college so I'd wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning I would get up and take a shower and go eat breakfast and still get to class like 30 minutes early just just I don't know why I don't know why I would just sit there for 30 minutes Uh, but I only did that for the first week after the first week I don't think I ever took a shower in the morning again I would just wait till the evenings to do that and sometimes sometimes I'd be walking by the cafeteria I lived in the Robert Massey dorm so I had to walk by the cafeteria to get to any class I had and I would it would be like 10 minutes till class and I'd be like you know what I got time for breakfast so I would slip in there and of course be late to class but all was all was well it was fine uh so after the first week, didn't do any of that two-hour early stuff, didn't get to class 30 minutes early. Uh, so, so that didn't last. Something else that I learned in college is that you, you become an expert at counting, calculating really the amount of sleep that you get or can get or can potentially get and how much you can survive on. And I didn't get a job until like towards the end of my sophomore year of college. So my strategy became this, it was like, I'll, I can go to sleep at 2.30 in the morning every day wake up at eight thirty. that's six hours take a three-hour nap every afternoon and that's what i did and that, that was a terrible sleep schedule uh but but you got good at it you got good at calculating like how much sleep you could get how much sleep will i get if i go to sleep at this very moment and and speaking of sleep man all-nighters i had a great experience in college with all-nighters uh we we would just do them every now and again they would just kind of happen most of the time, they weren't academically driven, but it was just like, hey, let's just stay up all night. And then when I was, when I was a senior in college, my very last semester, it was, it was right before Christmas break. I, I graduated a semester early, so there's a little flex for you. Three and a half years, undisclosed GPA. <laughs> that semester, I took seven hours, and all of my classes were done with everything, with finals and everything by the time Thanksgiving rolled around. So I went back after Thanksgiving break with nothing to do. Like it was just two weeks of, of free time. My last two weeks as an undergrad student. So I was like, you know what? And, and somehow I I calculated. I, was thinking, I think this is the number of, of all-nighters I've done. So I made it my goal to get like, I think, to 10 all-nighters during my time in college. And I'd only have, I think was six. So I was like, over these next two weeks, I'm going to pull, pull four all-nighters. Or like, it was like a week and a half or something. I don't know. So I I got some friends to do them with me, to do some of them. And so the last, like, honestly, the last two weeks of college for me are a blur. There was no alcohol involved. There were no drugs involved, but just sleep deprivation. And I remember I was, we did one and we stayed all night in the BSM. And then I decided to go home for a little bit, took like an hour nap. And I wake up from the nap and my friend Kate is texting me. And we had talked about doing the Chick-fil-A camp out that I mentioned a couple, two or three episodes back. We had talked about doing it and it was that night and she was texting me about it. It was, it was probably like five o'clock in the evening and, and she texted me. I still remember. She said, Hey, there, there's still spots available. And she was talking about the Chick-fil-A camp out. And I texted back for what? She goes for Chick-fil-A camp out. And I texted her something back. But the thing is, I'd had this text conversation in my sleep. Like I woke up to this conversation, this text conversation on my phone, and I had no recollection of ever sending or reading a text message, but somehow I was able to do that in my sleep. So I end up going to the Chick-fil-A camp out. I'm like number 80 something out of hundred that gets there. And, and, and I just decide, like, I didn't take, I didn't set up a tent, didn't take a sleeping bag. We just decide we're just going to pull another all nighter. So I pulled back to back all nighters with like an hour nap in between. So, so the next morning at like 530, they give us our free Chick-fil-A for a year. I go back home and I was working at the BSM at that point doing like office work. So it's like six o'clock in the morning. I was going to be there at nine. So I was like, okay, time for a three hour nap. I slept till noon. Uh, so overslept through work. So, so the last, the last two weeks of college, complete blur. Don't remember a th- like really that much about just because I was so sleep deprived The entire time. Something else I learned throughout my schooling, my educational journey, something that, you know, in in the professional setting doesn't really, it's not really something I brag about as much as I did when I was a student, but procrastination, procrastination is an art. And I've really impressed myself over the years with with some of the things I've been able to do in just such a short amount of time. And and I, I shared the story a while back. It was months ago about the biggest school fail I ever had. Okay, wow, I just went and looked it up. It was episode 11. That was a really long time ago. Didn't realize it had been that long since I told that story, but but go go back and listen to my biggest school fail. I won't won't spoil anything for you on that right now. But but basically, the lesson behind it was, there was, I've, I've always been a procrastinator. There was one time I decided not to procrastinate and it came back and bit me hard, like real hard. So, go back and listen to episode 11 if you want to know the rest of that story. Uh, but but the the thing I learned is if you're a procrastinator don't try to change who you are. And that'll make a lot more sense if you know if you know the story. And everybody that went to grad school with me knows the story. I'm a little bit famous around or was a little bit famous <sighs> around logs seminary <laughs> for for that for for the story outlined in episode 11. I've been plugging episode 11 a lot in the past minute, so go back and listen to episode 11 if you if you haven't if you haven't caught my drift yet. Something else I learned in college, underdressed, there's no such thing as underdressed. You can literally do whatever you want as far as clothes go. Uh, I remember just every day, just waking up, putting on some like gym shorts and a t-shirt. 36 degrees outside, gym shorts, t-shirt, and a hoodie. Put some socks on under your flip-flops. You're good to go. <laughs> but underdressed isn't a word. I remember even, okay, so later on in college when I worked the YMCA, the after-school daycare program, they had these shirts that were assigned to us i think we had like five shirts and you know of course it was like wear one each day so that completely took the the guess the guessing out of my wardrobe so i was like why just wear my own clothes to school to change to go to work at like three o'clock in the afternoon i could just wear all my clothes for work all day because it was just a t-shirt it was comfortable so that was awesome and i remember one day i was wearing that and like some basketball shorts some flip-flops headed to class of course my hair was always messy so i just put a cap on And I remember having like a revelation one day, walking to class. I remember I was like by that parking lot by the library at ASU. And I was, I was kind of looking at people. I was like, man, this person's kind of dressed up today. And I had this revelation of like, there may not be a person here who put less thought and less effort into getting dressed today than me on this campus of like eight, 9,000 people. So I was honored that day. I was honored something else I learned in in college is is you can just like you just do, it, do whatever you want. Like you're you're an adult, you can you you can leave. you can just not show up and there's gonna be consequences for that. But really you can't. And I had a Spanish professor, my first semester of college. She was not the nicest person in the world. We'll just say that. One day she she walks into the class, she was also a French teacher. So she walks into our Spanish one class speaking French and of course nobody like nobody knows what the heck's going on and then she realizes it; she catches herself like oh this is Spanish class and then she gets mad at us for not understanding her like it was our fault that she walked into the class speaking French so that was really weird but also in that class you know this like I said this lady wasn't super nice to to anybody (laughs) there was this one guy in class I don't remember his name but he was, a, he, was, he was a fellow freshman. I do remember that. And, and she just kind of had it out for this guy. A little more than she had it out for everybody else. And this guy didn't come to class very often. Uh, he, he skipped a lot of classes. I think he probably skipped a lot of homework assignments too. And one day she called on him in class. And she was like, hey, I don't remember his name. What's the answer to this question in the workbook? And he was like, I don't know. And she goes, well, maybe if you came to class more often, you would know. And everybody was just, including me, like 18-year-old me, was just like, oh, shoot. This is, (laughs) college professors are brutal. They're putting people in body bags. And uh, the guy just stares at her. And about 30 seconds pass. And I just see him get up, about face, walk out the door. He left everything. He left his his textbook on the table, he left his pencil, he left his spiral, and he just got up and walked out. He left, and he never came back. And when I say never, I mean like for the rest of the semester. He was just gone. I guess he either dropped the class or or, or failed it, but yeah, he was gone. Uh, So I hope he's doing okay now. Uh, I hope he I hope he recovered from the from the dropped or the failed Spanish class, class. I still think about that a lot, and I still hope that you're out there doing okay, guy. Who I don't remember your name. One one more thing, I would I would always do every semester was that, you know, you got like a month left, and you 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 just get a little burned out of school, so you start to calculate what's the bare minimum I can do. So so. The professors would always give you a syllabus and it would tell you how much percentage like a test was what percentage the homework was So like a month left in the semester, I would always be like, okay What if I just took a zero on everything the rest of the semester and I would like calculate my grades like okay Well, that's not doable. So what if I just work hard and I would always calculate like what is the lowest grade? I can make on this final exam and still like keep my a or keep my B never made a C because I had an undisclosed GPA that rhymes with free point (laughs) great sorry the joke was even funnier the second time to me oh gosh i'm not a narcissist i promise (laughs) but i would always calculate the the lowest grade i could make on a final exam and still keep my a or my b and and you know that that made final exam week easier honestly Instead of like breaking my back to make an A on a test, it's like, oh shoot, bro, I can make a 62 on this test, still make an A in the class? Yeah, you better believe I'm doing that, I'm not going to study. And once again, didn't learn much in undergrad, so (laughs) that's the trade-off there. And uh, so in college, I, I was a psychology major, and the way I decided my major, it was... You know, if I could go back today, I probably would have done things differently. Not, uh, I don't know, not saying I wouldn't have majored in psychology. You know, I went to a state university, so we didn't have, you know, Bible, biblical studies or anything like that as a major. But I remember one day I was eating lunch in the UC and my friend Katie Nyland was in there. So we were just sitting there talking and it was, it was like time for advising for, for sophomore year to come up and i was out of basic courses to take and i had to start on a major and i was like what's your major she's like psychology i was like is that easy she's like oh yeah i was like okay that's what i'm majoring in so that's that's kind of how i decided what to major in and uh, i'm really glad the whole ministry thing happened because i don't know if i'd be using my psychology degree right or i'm i'm not using it right now but i don't know what i'd be doing right now uh, if ministry hadn't happened so <laughs> yeah guys that's kind of kind of what i learned in college and, and something else, you know, that, that I started thinking of was how did I change as a person when I was in college? Uh, so, so the first the thing I remember most about my first semester of college was how I got overly involved in things. Uh, <laughs> so when I was that age, you know, the ripe age of 18, I thought like, you know, i had been a Christian for like th- only three years. So I thought like the mark of like a great Christian was to be as like busy doing Christian things as you could possibly be. Uh, so I got overly involved in things. I got involved in BSM, which I don't regret at all. But I also got involved in, like another campus ministry that like kind of did their own thing. And pretty much every night of the week, I was doing like a Bible study or going to some worship night. And the thing is, like, I didn't grow spiritually hardly at all those first few weeks, the first like three or four months really of college, uh, because I was I was just too overly involved. And then when when the spring semester rolled around, I decided like, okay, I need to choose like one place to like really invest in and and that's when i chose the baptist student ministry at angelo state that's where i was going to like spend my time you know learning and growing and that was really the time when i learned about like what it meant to like commit to something so if i could give give anybody advice is like find one or two things to commit to instead of over committing yourself to everything because like i don't know when you're younger like in high school and whatnot you kind of tend to have your value or find your value or find your worth in like being the person that plays all these sports and does all these activities. And in college, you don't have to do that. And that's what I really loved uh, in the rest of my time in college. Another way I changed is that I became more of a people person. Like I said, I think last week, I've become more extroverted over the years. And that's not really stopped. Uh, definitely, if you told me 10 years ago that one day I would have a podcast, my first question probably would have been, What is a podcast? I know they existed then, but I don't know if I knew what it was. But I didn't think I'd you know, just even sit down and talk for a week or talk for a, an hour a week and release it into the world. Uh, that was just kind of kind of, foreign to me. So I've become more of a people person. Uh, I enjoy the presence of people more than I used to. I'm able to interact with people a little better than I used to. Still kind of awkward sometimes. Uh, but but yeah, I have a pretty good handle on it, I guess. <laughs> Another way uh, I changed in my time in college, you know, and this one, I guess kind of still kind of keeps on like the serious note of, of things that changed my life for the better, really changed the traject, the the trajectory (laughs) of what, what my life would turn out to be and what it's unfolding to be. I remember, you know, I, like I said, I, I became a Christian when I was 15 and I started college at, at the age of 18. So, you know, there, there had been a lot of growth in my life and in that aspect. And when I showed up on the college campus, when I showed up to Angelo State University, I knew like, Hey, I'm going to get involved in a college ministry. I'm going to do something. And I'd heard about BSM from someone else. And so I, I showed up to the BSM and found myself to be you know, very, very challenged from the very beginning, which, which was a good thing. Uh, because I remember, you know, I signed up my second semester college to go to spring break mission trip called beach reach. And, uh, the the thing about beach reach was like, you have to share the gospel with people, like with words, you have to start a conversation with a person and just tell them about Jesus. And, you know, I'd never done that before. And I don't know if it was because I didn't know how or just never felt the conviction to do it, but I remember a part of our training, you know, in that spring semester was before you come back to training next week, go out and share the gospel, share like Jesus, talk about Jesus with a stranger. And that was terrifying to me uh, because I'd never done it before, although I'd been, you know, kind of been equipped at the BSM to do that. Uh, So I still remember the first time I walk into the cafeteria and I'm just like, okay, it was like lunchtime. It's like, I'm just going to sit down with a person and just see what happens. So I sit down with this dude. And the thing I remember is like, as soon as I sit down, he drops his cake in his lap. And I think it was because he was, he was, and, and he was not a very social person. And I think it made him nervous that I sat down. So he drops his cake in his lap and I'm like, oh crap. I just, I chose the wrong guy. <laughs> but anyways, I get to talking to this dude. It turns out this dude's like a pagan. Like he believes in like the Greek gods. And at the time, I had no idea what that meant. I shared Jesus with him anyways. Sure, I didn't do a, a bang up job. But, but that's that's the first time I remember ever sharing like Jesus with someone. And it was pretty exhilarating. And it was pretty, uh, pretty I guess, intimidating. And I didn't feel great about it afterwards because I, I didn't think I did a very good job. and But really, when I look back on it, that was like a moment that obviously changed the trajectory of my life and my career. Uh, because now, not gonna say I'm like this super. I'm not a super evangelist. Let's just say that. Uh, but I, that's not something I have a problem doing anymore. Is just sharing the gospel with people. Uh, so, so really, that was that was one of the more formative moments in my college career. Uh, finally, I think I just became more comfortable uh, with myself and who I am as a person. You know, the younger you are. Like especially like junior high, high school, you always compare yourself to other people. I don't know if there's anybody that's like super comfortable with who you are at that stage in life. But in college, you, you really find those friends who, and, and not that I didn't have friends like this before, but you really find the people who like you or love you for who you are. Uh, you find the people who you don't, you feel like you don't have to impress. And that's kind of what high school was. And I'm, I'm not saying I felt like I had to impress my friends, but there was always just like that insecurity of, of not being like who everyone else was, if that makes any sense at all. So I became more comfortable with myself. And I think because of that, I am a much more confident person today uh, than obviously well, I've grown in confidence over this, these past 10 years, I've become more comfortable with who I am just personality wise. You know, I'm, I'm an introverted person. And used to, I think, I thought that was like some kind of deficiency within me. And now it's like, I don't give a crap. Uh, I'm an introvert and, you know, people can just deal with it. It's who I am. It's who I was created to be. And and God can use it anyways, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, so yeah, those those were kind of some ways that, that I changed uh, while I was in college. Uh, to, to wrap up this segment, I'm just going to tell you about my, uh, this, is, this is a l- much less serious topic. I'm going to tell you about my roommate situation my freshman year. So first of all, the idea of of having a randomly assigned college roommate is pretty bizarre to me. Okay, show up to this building and you and this person that you have never met before are going to live in the same space. You are going to share a room And that's, you know, I I lived in the Massey dorms, so it was a shared room. You didn't each get your own bedroom. It was like, your bed was right there. Their bed was right next to it. So, like, I don't know. At the time, it was just like, okay, this is what you do now. And and I feel like I was much more open to it then than I would be now. That is a nightmare scenario for me now. Uh, Like, sure, I wouldn't mind, you know, sharing a house, but just sharing a bedroom with another person in another who you've never met before. It's just bizarre. But anyway so I move in with my roommate and I I know he's not listening we don't keep in contact we're not even connected on social media anymore we had a weird relationship kind of from the start he he was ah, he was just kind of strange in in several ways but he would like one day he'd be like really friendly with me wanting to hang out and then the next day he would like just completely ignore me and act like I didn't exist which I don't know I didn't really care I had other friends I never exactly figured him out but Here's maybe we can talk about that another time. But here's a story of something that happened uh, when we were moving out, uh, right before we moved out, actually, and one of the one of the more bizarre experiences of, of my life. So, this dude's friend, my roommate's friend, he they were both from Houston. My roommate's friend decides to come and visit him, and like it's it's finals week, first of all, so terrible timing on that. But so this this dude shows up, and he's he's kind of a bigger dude and you know bigger people if especially like when you start to share a space with them especially like one bedroom you kind of notice they 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 smell you know so this dude kind of smells a little bit and but he's my roommate's friend from home from his hometown and he's just there to spend a few days and you know we're going to move out soon so it's like okay whatever we'll just we'll just get through this and so we'll call my roommate John. That wasn't his name. And we'll call his friend. Let's see. It started with a K. So we'll call him Kenneth. Sure. Why not? So, so John's friend, Kenneth comes and stays in our dorm room and he just sleeps right on the hard floor, like with a pillow and a blanket. So that's pretty weird. Uh, but, but thing about Kenneth was he liked to stay up late. So my roommate, John like came to the room one day. is like, yeah, Kenneth is just going to stay up all night in the study room. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I think it was like the Monday of finals week. I get up to take my first final exam. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. And right as I'm getting dressed, I hear a knock on our door and John is in his bed, but I'm already up. So I just, I just go and answer the door and there's an RA at the door accompanied by a police officer. So I'm just like, okay, this is weird. And they're like, yeah, is, is John here? I'm like, yeah just a second so I go I go to my roommate's bed John and I I wake him up I'm like John there's the RAs here and they've got a cop they want to talk to you and Kenneth isn't in our room at this point point. and all of a sudden John just like wait are you serious I was like yeah he pops up out of bed and he just starts pulling all this crap out from underneath his bed And he takes this trunk that's got, like, a padlock on it, and he, like, opens up the lock. And at this point in my life, I wore glasses and contacts. I'd not yet put my contacts in, and I wasn't even wearing my glasses because I literally just popped out of bed when all this is happening. But I just see John start taking all this crap out of this trunk that he had locked up under his bed. And he just starts dumping all this stuff in the toilet, which obviously... I knew at the moment, even though I couldn't see because my glasses still weren't on, it was drugs. And I did not know my roommate did drugs, did not know my roommate kept drugs in the room. <laughs> and then he takes like these two bottles of liquor and like pours them down the, down the toilet. And then he like wraps up the, the bottles in his, in his blankets on his bed. So but what happened, so like all in the whole time he's like cussing up a storm and like at this point, like things had gotten pretty contentious between us. So I was just like, I was dying, like laughing on the inside. So John like takes everything, throws it like pours it down the toilet, and then he, he, he's like cussing under his breath the whole time. When he gets all that done, he's like, I'll be right back. So he he goes down, they get the situation dealt with. And what ended up happening was that Kenneth had an ex girlfriend who was very upset at him and she somehow figured out that Kenneth was in San Angelo, staying with us, and so she called the cops and and for some reason she pointed out or she she reported that Kenneth was suicidal so (laughs) which he was not that's why I can laugh about it but it was just to like get at him so (laughs) so that's why the cops show up because they were trying to stop him from committing suicide and that's why my roommate John gets involved so it had nothing to do with the drugs uh, which considering like my relationship with my roommate that's I think it's so funny that that happened to him that he wasted all those drugs, all that alcohol <laughs> for nothing, which I don't know that, that was kind of poetic justice. Uh, but but yeah, so Kenneths Kenneth's ex-girlfriend called called the school and said, like, hey, this guy's staying in there, he's not a student, but he's suicidal, and that's why the cops came. Uh, so so John moved, like we never really talked about it that much after that, but I thought it was hilarious. Uh, the whole situation it was one of, like I said just one of the more weird things that happened to me I was not okay with him keeping drugs in the room but like I said that was like less than a week before we moved out and he got rid of them all so uh it it all worked out in the end so so that was that's just the story about how my freshman year ended so hope you enjoyed my ramblings my musing on college life and what I learned and how I changed as a person I hope it was somehow entertaining or enlightening Maybe in some way. Uh, But for now, let's go ahead and transition to the closing. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Just got a quick recommendation before we go. First, my recommendation this week is a YouTube channel. It's a YouTube channel that I've been into for probably over a year now. And it's, it's highly entertaining. It is called Ordinary Sausage. And what Ordinary Sausage does, it's just this guy that started this, like, in his kitchen. He has, like, the sausage-making equipment. So, like, a meat grinder and then this thing that, like, shoves it into the casing. And what he does is he takes any food you can imagine, any food that people recommend to him in the comments or in his DMs, and he makes a sausage out of it. So, you know, for, for one one of the earlier ones, I think he takes a, a Big Mac from McDonald's, and he puts it through the meat grinder, and he puts it into the sausage casing and he fries it up and he tastes it and he gives it a rating on a scale of 1 to 5 and it's just it's just fascinating to me that pretty much everything like when you blend up or mix up or grind up any food it always turns out to this like brownish gray color no matter what it is so like the big mac sausage looks like a regular sausage it looked like something that you would just put in a hot dog bun uh so so i don't know it's fascinating he's done things like pizza popcorn uh an entire thanksgiving meal just cheese he's done beef heart he's done a kfc meal he's done ice cream sandwich he's done almost like so much stuff there's there's hundreds of these probably at this point he did skittles not too long ago made a skittles sausage it's highly entertaining i would highly recommend that you go and watch ordinary sausage so that is my recommendation of the week Thank you guys so much for being here. That's all the evangelical filth I've got for you. That's a wrap and that's a frat step. Next time, I promise I'll do just a little bit better. Later.